I have a question for you, Al. Why is Chris yelling? I don't know. I mean, he's just yelling at everybody. <laughs> so Yes, Emily, what would you like to my ask My question me? is, it was yeah. asked my friend while we were in line, also watching this woman go to town on this corner of the corn. cob. Yeah. And why did we call it an ear of corn? It doesn't look like an ear. I'm just, I'm just very curious. Why do we call it an ear of corn? That's actually, it's, that's a decent question. This is how we come into segments when Travis isn't here. No, that's, that's a decent question. Okay, that's that's one thing too. When you're eating that corn, kind of eating a whole thing publicly like that. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. I've gone to NASCAR in Fontana, where I bought the it's full fun track. the full turkey leg. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Just going to town. What did I miss but, about the corn? I <laughs> asked, why do you why call it an ear, of, ear corn of corn when it doesn't look like an ear at all? Okay, can I take a guess? Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer yeah. because when it's growing on its stalk, it kind of falls off like an ear. It's like off to the side. I don't know. I don't think that's why. Maybe maybe it came from a um, like a Native American word that maybe then we translated into ear or whatever. Did, but... Okay, random piece of corn knowledge. <laughs> okay. The shape <laughs> resembles the ear of a donkey, the domesticated oh. animal that was traditionally used to plow cornfields. Huh. Okay. okay. Well, now we know. <laughs> Do you know that on a corn stalk? Yeah. You know how many ears of corn are on each stock? I do not know. One. Hmm. What? Yeah, wow. <laughs> exactly. I was right? going to oh, say yeah. eight. I, no, that makes sense. One. Have you ever been to the Corn Palace in South Dakota? <laughs> I've never been to South Dakota. Okay, because I drove, so when I drove my friend to move to Wyoming, we drove through South Dakota, and we were told by everybody, go to the Corn Palace, go to the Corn Palace. We never went. I, I would think curious. that so right, the food scientists, the next thing I'm searching right, the, in Google. The people that genetically modify can, our yeah. foods- that instead of having to take up all the room we do growing corn, which is a useful food product, yeah, because there's just one corn on each stock. Like, let's have multiple. Maybe it's too but heavy. Then, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, wouldn't it fall over? I, think, too, I feel like too, we could figure that out. Let's let's call Taylor up. <laughs> you know what's well, good? It's the world's only corn palace. So I don't know if you guys know that. It's very distinct. <laughs> I do now. Yes. You ever been to South Dakota, Slee? <laughs> not been. Mount Rushmore. It's honestly low key a very beautiful state. Oh, so they has the Badlands, just gorgeous. So like when we drove through, honestly, so like we. We drove from Chicago to Wyoming, and mm-hmm. uh, we st- we drove through some very missable states. Did you go to Mount Rushmore? Yes, we stopped by Mount Rushmore. How's that? Um, it's underwhelming. Is it? Yeah. So you go there, and it, it looks smaller than this. Honestly, the Black Hills are what you go for. They're gorgeous. And again, you're like, oh, well, now I see these faces, and then I continue on. So we spent like probably like 40 minutes there. Okay. I was honestly mostly reliving National Treasure 2, where they go and find <laughs> the uh, hidden city behind, in the Black Hills, behind Wasn't it under like uh, t- uh, Jefferson's nose or something? It was like behind it. So like it was on top <laughs> of it, and then there's like a little like pool behind, and they had to put water over it to see the symbol going in. Ah. And they got went through, and he, Nicolas Cage, faked him out by saying, ah, I got my hand bitten off. I could recite the whole movie. Corey, <laughs> <laughs> have you been to South I Dakota? have not. No, I've been yeah. to other states, but not that one uh but you know going back to corn when, when we make the carne asada mm-hmm. you know we make the carne asada we got the stuff going we got the nopales going the little the little onions sure. with the green tail sure we put them on the foil and then at night after we're done with the stuff we put the corn on top of the grill let them get charred a little bit a little mm, burnt yeah. and you put some lemon on it oh, some yeah. tahini or whatever I like that oh, dude it's we're doing butter too right? <laughs> oh, but, nah, no by no. the way the well, lote is one no. of the greatest things in the world but that's different because it's boiled i'm talking I about grilling like a lote but i there are a few. I'm not anti mayonnaise, but there are a few things that I just can't mentally get past. That's one of them. I love a lotte, like, and I'll eat all the lotte. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's just a it's a psychological block. When for he me. was explaining just exactly how they were doing it, the way you were saying, "Oh yeah," like if you just listen to his, I've never seen him oh, so yeah. interested in a topic. 
and it was just him explaining the food. <laughs> there, was there heavy petting? It's pretty good. Yeah, It's pretty good. All right, we're talking about the Dodger press conference yesterday. We're talking about the lack of seemingly urgency that was delivered during that. Frustration, sure. Disappointment, sure. But this, we need to figure... All I wanted, Al, all I really wanted yeah. was not the same thing again. Yeah. And, and on top of that would have been a... There's something that we don't know. There's something that's missing, and we need to figure out what it is. That. I, you don't even have to have the answer. But this idea that we need to go and really evaluate our processes in the postseason. Your processes in the regular season are beyond reproach. Yeah. They're terrific. They're, yeah. Nobody's complaining about that. But why is the result always bad when you get to the postseason? Let's try another phone call here. Let's go to Los Angeles. Larry. Larry, you're on with Travis Lee. What's going on, Larry? Okay, how you doing? Good. How you doing, guys? Good, Good man. Larry. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say, man, that, um, you know, you don't need to fire Dave Roberts because, for one thing, there's no Phil Jackson knocking on that door. Who else are they going to hire? You know, ain't like when the Lakers, before they, uh, in that Kobe and Shaq, when, when Dale had the losing in the playoffs, Utah time, they wouldn't got Phil Jackson and the rest of the history. But the problem with the Dodgers is, they're a victim of their own success. The, the, at least these last two seasons, they go through it too easy. You know, there's nobody pushing them. No, and, um, you know, basically the last month of the season, they just plan for stats, and you can't fake urgency or, you know, energy. When you get to the playoffs, you, you know, you can't turn on switch and say, okay, now it counts. I think that's the problem. They haven't been pushed at least these last couple of years. And, you know, when the playoffs start, in that week break, they just don't have the, the urgency like they had. All right. Thank you for the call, Larry, because I I agree with the very last thing you said. I, I You cannot simulate urgency. You yeah. cannot fake it. I, I completely agree with you. And the Dodgers have been really good, so they haven't been in super urgent situations towards the end of the season, except for that's not true. <laughs> they have. Two years ago, they were in a dogfight down the to the Giants. very last day of the season. Yeah. They ended up winning 106 games. Giants were terrific. Mm -hmm. But – We've seen it both ways, and they've both had similar results along the way. Yeah, there isn't a scenario you have not seen no. in this in this and, one. And I, I agree with Larry also when he says that they're a victim of their own success. They absolutely are. They absolutely are. But this is the burden of being a Los Angeles Dodger, of being a Dallas Cowboy, an L.A. Laker, a New York Yankee, a Boston Celtic, that there are different teams that are held to different standards. You're not held to the standard of, hey, just be pretty good. If you're Duke getting to the NCAA tournament is not good. You need to get to the Final Four. You need to win the Final Four periodically. There are different standards for different teams, and the Dodgers' standard is not get to the playoffs and hope that the crapshoot breaks your way. It's you need to win the World Series. You have the best team way too frequently, and I know the best team doesn't always win, but should it win occasionally? I think it should. Phillies are pretty darn good. They're hot at the right time. They play with passion and fire. The Astros were one of the best the, teams last year. The Astros have gotten to the ALCS seven years in a row. I, I, I want to come on, man. I want to push back a little bit on the Dodgers' standard because I don't think they are the same as some of the other franchises that you just mentioned. I think the Dodgers over the last ten years have created this. Yeah, you're supposed to win it all. You can't. Any franchise that has as much success as they've had in a 10-year stretch and was only able to cash in one, and there's it's an interesting one. It ain't the same like the other ones. You can ask a lot of questions like, hey, let, let me get more details. Dodgers 
take away 2000 or 2020, they hadn't won a World Series since 1988. But what Andrew Friedman's been able to do and that this Dodgers ownership has been able to do, they've been able to consistently say, we're going to be in the mix. They changed the whole perception of the Dodgers franchise over these 10 years of saying every single year we're in the mix. The problem is, as you do that and you change the expectations and you have tremendous amount of success in the regular season, the fact that you could have so many collapses in the playoffs does not match. It doesn't jive with what you've done over 10 years. None of them do. Like, think about that. For how much success they've had in this stretch, how can you not have had... It's not even that you're losing. I know sometimes you're losing, you might lose in Game 7 in the World Series. I know that that exists, but you also have collapses left and right Failures. against teams that you're supposed to beat. Failures. And more than one and more than two. And it's just, it's impossible to wrap your head around. Rick Oxnard, you're next, Rick. What's going on? Rick. All right, not Rick and Oxnard. No, let's go back to him. Let's, oh, look, I didn't see this or I would have gone right to this because this is, this man has a pass to the front of the line. Paul in Huntington Beach. What's up, Paul? Lightning Lane. Paul. You got me? Yeah, we got there you, Paul. We are. Yeah, what's up? Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're too kind, Travis. Appreciate it, dude. Listen, man, it, you know, it, it hit me. Freeman's Freeman, and, and, and he's done what he's done. But you know who the guy who's been at the helm this entire run has been Stan Kasten? You know where Stan Kasten was before L.A.? He was in a freaking Atlanta. And Atlanta had the same darn thing. They were really good for a really long time, and they were always just a tick off. And, and, and here's the thing, man. When Kasten came on, we all got super stoked because, like, you know, Atlanta was good, and we looked at what we had in McCourt. I, I'm sorry. I, I should never speak of that name. Yeah, you know, please. On LA Radio. Take it easy. And, screw that guy. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but here's the thing with Kasten, dude. He came on, and you know what he said? He said, our goal is to be competitive year in and year out. He never said in those early days, and I listened to it. You said, drive me up a wall. He didn't say our goal is to win a championship every year. He wasn't LeBron saying we're going to win one and two and three championships. That's not what Kasten said. What Kasten said is we're going to be really good year in and year out. And he yeah. told us what he was going to do, and that's exactly what he's done. That's what they did in Atlanta. And here we are. Now, it's a, a, and as infuriating as it's been, it's been a hell of a run, and, and we're filled with hope only to get our hearts freaking broke every October, which is really starting to wear thin. Now, I'll try and spin this into positive. The positive is that if you listen to Friedman yesterday, that dude indicated they're willing to spend some money. Yes. Not, and that's been different than what they've said the last couple of years. The last couple of off-seasons, it's been like, well, you know, we got a good team. We'll see what happens. You know, we got it. But no, no, no. He said, we need high-end pitching. Yeah, you think? And, <laughs> and he said, you know, we got to upgrade the roster. You think? And, and so that was sort of a positive spin. But by the way, guys, we shouldn't be surprised. Kasten has a long history of, of doing this, and here we are. All right, guys, I, I'm going to go Thank back, you, and uh, I'll probably talk to you in the spring. See yeah. Thanks, Paul. Okay, I want to start right here. I don't think it's Kasten or Friedman. I think that what Paul's talking about is accurate, but I think it's a little bit off of what I, I how I see it. Okay. Stan Kasten and Andrew Friedman's job is to put them in position over and over again. Their job is to develop a minor league system, make trades, spend money responsibly, and make moves when it's time to make moves, and put together a good roster that gets into 
the final, whatever it is, if there's eight, if there's 10, whatever it is, get, get into that. The job of the team president or the general manager is create a roster that can win. They've done it. The manager's job is to get that team to play well is get that team to play with heart and passion. And I'm not criticizing Dave for being a bad manager. What I'm saying is the Dodgers are so tight-assed. They are so professional, corporate, whatever it wants. They do not play at their best when the stakes are at their highest. Mm -hmm. And that's what really good head coaches and managers are able to do. It's take a group of guys and get them to be at their best when it matters the most. And more often than not, the Dodgers have failed in that assignment. And that's why I think that's the first thing that you tinker with is the guy in the dugout. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm prepared now. I, I think getting a chance to hear Friedman, too, and listen to all these calls, it's on Friedman. At the end of the day, I, I, I know we could sit here, and but ultimately at the end on of the day— On him because he won't make a change? On him because he won't make a change. And I'm, on I'll, him, I'll sign up with that. On him because he won't make a change. On him because— there is this arrogance that I think definitely starts Fair. with him. Fair. And you said that about the Dodger organization in the past, that they haven't. We are the Los Angeles Dodgers. Look at the way we do. Look how many regular season win. Go listen to his interview. There's a lot of arrogance in that. There's no, there's no point when he talks does he feel a little bit humbled about, yes, we're good. Yes, I have the resources. Yes, I'm stacking up wins year after year. But when you talk about the Dodgers – the taste in your mouth is not this, my God, they are just freaking, look how good they are in the playoffs. There's always something missing. It's not a lean more towards, why should I be, why should a Dodger fan be upset at Dave Roberts when all Dave Roberts can do is be Dave Roberts? Andrew Friedman is the one that's pulling the strings. He's the one that's setting the table. He's the one that's not deciding to make a change. Shouldn't more of that anger be on Andrew Friedman? Well, I, okay, I'm going to use a bad analogy here. Andrew Friedman is setting the table, like you said. He's putting together a great meal, and when it's time to serve it, Dave keeps dropping it on the floor. Is he dropping it, or is Andrew Friedman no, is Andrew no, he's Friedman the it. one holding the plate with him well, and saying, maybe. we're going to go walk this maybe. over there? But the thing you can change is, okay, here it is. Let, let's have someone else set it on the table. Let, let, let's at least start right there. Let's Wait, at le- say, say that one more time. Let, so let, let's at least, if I'm involved in all of this, and we're gonna let's at least change the very last part of it before we get to me. You, you, we're not going to start at the top, right? You, he's not going to fire himself. I don't want him to fire himself. I want them to do it differently. And the one thing you can do, they're going to get different players. Yep. They are going to spend a little money, yep. all of these things. But at the end of the day, I think that the culture in the dugout is still going to be way too tight. So can we go back to this then? Then we should stop blaming Dave Roberts. Then we should start blaming Andrew Friedman. The, the because blame, Andrew Friedman keeps doing the same thing over I think we're saying again. the same thing, Al. I really do. I, I'm not blaming Dave Roberts. I'm just saying Dave Roberts is the piece that you actually can change. right? I'm not saying that it's his fault. I'm saying he's got to pay the price. That somebody needs to be different, and he's really the only one that you can we, change. We don't disagree on that. I guess my point that I'm going back to is, why waste the energy on... Because you haven't done anything yet. You need to try something different but, before you change the top. What I meant by that, why should I waste... Why should the energy be wasted about continuing to talk about needing to make a managerial move when the guy up top is clearly not making a managerial move? All right, I have another analogy, and it has to do with food, so maybe you guys will like this one, too. So, corn? Uh, nope, not corn. Uh, it's from Mailman Matt, and he says, Analytics are a slow cooker, and the playoffs are a microwave. The Dodgers will never get the meal done if they keep turning on the crock pot in October when everyone else is hitting the defrost button. So, again, it's just the, the slow build versus the uh, immediate heat up. So, food. But it, it, 
it's not Hashtag that food. It's not that <laughs> they're. It's not that they're not playing with. Enthu- they're tight, scared, nervous. What, what, however you want to. They're. They're. they're they're impending doom. It's not that because they they play had not least, to lose. They, they, they don't tight. play to win. They play not to lose. They needed somebody that takes it personally. They need somebody. Wow, what a that cool does team. that. They need somebody that understands what that's about. Lots of phone calls to get to. He mentioned what are they going to do with Otani? Andrew Friedman was asked that question. We'll hear that as well. It's all coming up. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, what's up, Niner fans? Join me Monday night football, uh, a Monday night for a football watch party at Hollywood Park Casino. Uh, you know, you'll have a chance to enter and win a million bucks, part of our Monday, uh, million dollar Mondays. Come out, bring your flags, bring your ponchos, bring your hats. Let's paint the town red again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come out, let's have a good time. Football watch party at Hollywood Park Casino. Eat, drink, and play. He gets a Niner watch party. That's, That's right, man. Against the Vikings. Against the Vikings. I'm living a good life over there with his dumb. Niners. Niners By the way, the four. only time I go, only time I go, Niners four. They, they, they. Not only did they not cover, they, they got lost. beat. Yeah. So I had the Niners in the I Eliminator know. Pool the, this upcoming week. I Ew. did not take them last week. I, okay. I had the Bills. Yeah, the I escaped. Bills. But at Niners against the Vikings in Minnesota, maybe McCaffrey plays, maybe Debo plays. Trent Williams has a bum ankle. Maybe he's not uh, at a hundred percent. Do I factor that in and go somewhere else, or is it a one-loss team going up against a one-win team and it's a no-brainer? Hmm. No-brainer. What about it? I don't brainer. know. No-brainer. Slee? No-brainer. He's Slee? a fan. I'm not asking him. No-brainer. <laughs> no-brainer. Really? Not really. Who, have you made your four. pick yet? Because here's my other one. The, oh, the other have, one? I think I made my pick yesterday. The other one that I landed on, I ultimately went away from San Francisco – is I picked the Seahawks over the Cardinals in Seattle. That feels like a better pick because Seattle is pretty good and they're not dealing with a bunch of injuries. Arizona is getting really close to giving up. Like they play, they play hard, but they're not particularly. They're, they're not off a good the team. Pup. Yeah, He's that. Practicing. I don't think that helps. Actually, I think that actually is a negative. <laughs> Who have you taken? Who do you have left? 
No, I've taken I've taken the Cowboys, I've taken the Eagles, I've taken the Chiefs, I've taken the Bills. Uh, I actually took the Commanders early. Um, so I, but most of the, the the only heavyweight I haven't taken so far the are the Niners and the Lions. Those are the two teams mm-hmm. I've not taken so far. But but the Niners have the Monday night game, and the Lions play somebody. They're on the road, and I don't like taking a road team. Right, I, I took to. um, I took Seattle. That's you did. That's kind of where I'm. Thinking I picked too. it yesterday. I took Seattle, and I'm with you. I've already taken Frisco, KC, Miami. I've taken Baltimore and Buffalo. I've kind of got Have rid of my big hitters. I've not taken the Raiders yet. Playing the Bears. I've not taken in Vegas or Chicago. No, in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah, I wouldn't take them. I don't. The a mediocre team on the road scares me to death. Like if you said the Eagles on the road, okay. And right? you, you have taken the Chiefs, right? Taken the Chiefs. I've taken the Eagles, the Bills, the Commanders, and the. I think the Seattle Dolphins? Arizona is the Dolphins best one. I've taken I think two. Seattle Arizona is the best one. I think so too. Which save, means save we're San Francisco both, for a home game. We're both both going to get knocked out. But it is a divisional game. That's where it <laughs> all gets that all stuff is weird funky. for yeah. sure. Andrew Friedman yesterday was asked, you know, what's up with Otani, and because he can't talk about Otani specifically, this was his answer. Just to ask directly, how strongly do you plan to pursue Otani? Who? <laughs> Obviously, we can't talk about uh, free agents or impending free agents. Um, but from our standpoint, which has been our mindset and the great fortune that our ownership has provided us, to be aggressive, to go out and put the best team on the field that we can. And for us, obviously, we're extremely angry, disappointed with how these last two off-seasons have gone, and we're going to do everything we can to put ourselves in position for it not to happen next year. So what that means exactly, I'm not sure yet, Um, but I do feel very confident that when we show up in Arizona in February, we're going to have a team that has very, very legit championship aspirations. And then it's about going out and taking care of that first part of the goal in the regular season and then doing whatever we can to make sure we're not sitting here in this exact setting a year from now. They'll lose to the Rockies in the first round. <laughs> Keep going around that NL West. Giants, too. They still haven't clipped them out of the division. Um, <laughs> you know, the Otani, he did his best to, to not answer it, but he also, um, I, and I think somebody had said this early on, that the, the talent – is probably going to be ridiculous again next year. They will go out there and do what they need to do. You've said this a couple different times. And I know we're coming up to it, but we get back to it a little bit later. You said that you don't feel like pitching is an issue, that they got pitching. doesn't mean you can't have more, yeah, yeah. but that there are arms that are ready for the Dodgers. The question that I would have is, are those, are those arms experienced enough at moments where, by the way, they're going to be more experienced this upcoming year than they were yep. this past season. Sure and are. Bobby Miller is going to be, I'm sure, sitting there waiting. I want that ball again for another playoff game. Give me that damn opportunity. Um, but then there's also more established players. I was thinking about the Shohei thing. And the Shohei, because it's gone so bad for the Dodgers these last couple of years, and Shohei Otani has never played a playoff game I wonder if the Dodgers for Shohei is a little bit more attractive than it used to be. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's if Shohei ends up with the Los Angeles Dodgers and they had a tremendous amount of success in the playoffs, who's getting a lot of that credit? It's Shohei. It's the reverse Lincoln Riley. 
It's the reverse. I won't hire a defensive coordinator because you're going to give him the credit. If Otani rolls in and they do go to the World Series or win the World Series or at least play with some blank and fire, it's Otani because of Shohei. Sure. You got a guy. You got a real one. I, I don't know if that comes into play, but I, I do find that interesting that he could be joining a team that's guaranteed to, to make basically as guaranteed as, close as, as you can get, get to making the playoffs. Um that you're also on a team that you know has all the resources it needs. It's got the market. It's got it, it's nothing that it doesn't have. The right. only thing it doesn't have, it doesn't have more success in the postseason. And you could be the reason. You're not coming in replacing Phil Jackson. You're not coming in replacing a team that's already won a couple World Series. You're coming in you're with a Kevin team Durant. that everybody <laughs> that everybody seems like they feel like this is empty. For all that success, it still feels empty. I I, I I want them to go make a big play for Shohei. I want them to offer him whatever Shohei wants. I would love to see Otani in a Dodger uniform. I'm I'm less optimistic that that's going to happen than I was prior to the injury. Prior to the injury, I was I, I thought it was more likely than not that he was going to be here. I feel like that's flipped. But here, here's here's where I keep coming at this. I'm going to keep saying it until it becomes true. This is not a talent issue for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are very talented. They will continue to be very talented. They will continue to develop really good major league players. They will acquire major league players that come in, whether they're at the top of the market like Mookie and Freddie, or whether they are in the middle of the market like Peralta, Hayward, and and J.D. Martinez. They will always have talent. They will always make trades that they think make them more talented. This is not a talent issue. They won 111 games with a roster that had 15 MVPs on it. Okay, They won 100 games with a bunch of guys you've never heard of. They don't have a talent problem. They have a philosophy problem. They have a culture problem. They have an energy problem. Whatever, whatever label you want to stick on that box, it's not the talent box. It's the, why do you guys keep tightening up at the worst possible time? That's what needs to be. You had Otani, great. I'm here for it. I'll buy a jersey. You had Freddie and Mookie, and they went one for 21. That's what I'm saying. It's not a talent issue. You had Freddie and Mookie and Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy and Will Smith, and and just go right on down the line. You had nothing but great players, and you got beat by the Padres. I know this is a different sport, but did you guys finish watching Beckham? I'm halfway home. All right, so – I have it. They had, they had, <laughs> and what? Ep- and you got to start with our one. And what episode are you on? Oh, zero. It's on her Netflix. No, she's on the, uh, she's on the trailer. Yeah, it's on <laughs> her on Netflix. She's having on the trailer. So to your point, like Real Madrid had Beckham, Zidane, Ronaldo, Figo, like yep. all these superstars. Mm-hmm. But the culture wasn't there. The coach, right. they kept changing coach after coach after coach after coach after coach. Let's try it with a different manager then. I, they have all these superstars. That's where I am. Get if they add Otani, he's not a bad. To your point, he's not a bad manager. Clearly, to no. give you 100 wins, 111 wins, whatever it is. But maybe you also change. don't know if he's a great manager. No, you he don't. Just, don't. Right. So just bring somebody else. Change it up in there. It's not it, a talent it issue. It seems. By the way, it seems easy. Like it seems easy to understand for us to all process for everybody to have the conversation. I think if you took a poll today and said, "Hey, Dodger fans, you're watching 162 games a year plus the playoffs." Keep Dave Roberts or try something different. What percentage of them would say just try something different? 65-35. I think even probably higher yeah. than that. Yeah. But whatever that percentage is, the Dodgers seem to think that is not the issue at all. And, and not only not think, don't consider. Don't even consider. Don't, don't even. That, and 45 that's minutes into the, an interview. The, my number one source of frustration is it's not even a topic of conversation among the people that make the decisions. Yeah, because you're an idiot. Right. I'm not saying. So, yes. Thank you for reminding me. 
I can't remember. What the hell is wrong with keep you? Forget, as an idiot, I keep forgetting that I'm an idiot. Idiots are people three. I- idiots are people three. Yes, that's right. Factor Caps coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, guys. They're Hi. next to each other. Sorry. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Chris yeah, would have never fine. made that mistake. Yeah, yeah. When he was on the board, it ran pretty smooth. Oh, you know how many drops, you know how many drops he hit and stuff? He's just yeah. giving me stuff about it? Come on. It's okay. It's okay. You guys just need to do it together again. I want to see more of you guys. Piano bench production. <laughs> but, okay, so... um I have been recently getting back into swimming uh, more laps and stuff, trying to use swimming as a form of exercise again, um, because I kind of got off of it for a little bit. I would drown (laughs) (laughs) in three and a half feet water. Um, But I go to this public pool in Culver City, and... um, I don't know if you've ever swam laps as exercise, but it's kind of like there's there's a hard. routine. It's, it's kind of similar to like um, p- pick up basketball where there's kind of like rules in which you all abide by. Okay. Um, sometimes they're written, sometimes they're not. So uh, I get in my lane first and I'm swimming by myself for a while. Guy gets in my lane. Do you go the whole cap goggles, the whole thing? Of course. Okay. Otherwise, your hair gets all knotted and uh, yeah, okay, not aerodynamic. Point. Anyway, I don't really consider that a problem. And your eyes get hurt. Your <laughs> eyes, I get. Um, but anyway, so we're swimming in a circle. So you swim on the right side of the lane all the time. You swim in a circle? Driving. Yeah, when you're driving. So like when you're doing laps, Yeah. it's always that you're in the right lane. Okay. Oh, so, I got you. I got you. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. So anyway, guy swimming, he's not very good. <laughs> so he's. I'm kind of lapping him a couple of times. And then he stops. And then there's a girl in the lane next to us that is swimming by herself. And he stops and he's asking her for advice. And he's like, oh, hey, how should I how do this? How old is the guy? He looks like he's like in his mid to late 20s. How old is the she's woman? She's also, also mid to late 20s. Okay. Again, she's very pretty. He is good looking. And I'm still just swimming my laps because that's what I'm there for. And they are chatting. And at one point in time, I wanted to be like, do you guys want to swim in the same lane? Like, I just, <laughs> like, can you get out of my way? Is <laughs> my main thing. But this would be an odd place to pick someone up. Again, you're not looking very good. You have the cap and the goggles. You have the one-piece swimsuit. Everyone's just there to do work. So this there, Was a, there heavy petting? There was no heavy petting <laughs> that, as far as I was aware of. So this would be an odd place to pick someone up. Travis, Patrick, Cap? Cap. And again, I don't understand swimming culture at all, M, so I could be – I'm going – kind of blind here but yeah, i don't think that's why when it gets to me <laughs> i don't think I'll there's a bad place to meet culture. somebody if you meet somebody you meet somebody right if you meet him at the grocery store you meet him through a friend you meet him at work you meet him on an app yep. you know, i don't i don't meet think bringing rice up or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah cleaning whatever. up rice in the yeah. parking lot also yeah. uh someone swimming poorly is the ick for me so a, a grown I, i'm not saying it's swim. a great spot for you necessarily but if she was feeling it and he was feeling yeah. it and they decided i enjoyed watching you swim poorly for a few minutes <laughs> hey you want to go grab a cup of coffee i don't think there's a bad place to do that Al? yeah cap I, I i was gonna say that you just mm. never know and I think somebody that's got the mentality of, ah, you know what, I'm just going to say hello to this girl or whatever the, the case is or wh- whatever it is, you just never know. And that person might think in their mind, you're an idiot for wanting to talk to me while we're in the middle of a pool. Or that person might think it in their mind, kind of like this situation, she was engaged in it. You just don't know. 
unless get you, out of my lane <laughs> unless you ask. So I th- I think there's something to that. And I think actually a lot of people. Those who do that and are comfortable with doing that, there's a lot more success probably mm-hmm. coming to that person. Aren't there kind of like a, a speak speak to this as a woman, M, that mm. like getting hit on while you're trying to get your workout in is kind of weird, yes? Yeah, I'm not really open. That's not my right. goal. So right. I'm not there. I'm not there for that. I'm not there to meet people. I'm not there right. to do anything. I'm there to get the the workout yeah. in and you done. spot. <laughs> Cap, uh, I have friends, female friends who also go to the gym. And one of them in particular tells me that she's got her gym crush and she's never talked to him. He's never talked to her. But every time they make eye contact, when they come in and out of the gym, they make eye contact and they smile and kind of wave hi. But neither him nor her have the courage to say something. That is cute. Because, again, at the same time, it's like he doesn't want to interrupt her in workouts. She doesn't want to interrupt him in his workouts. So she's like, I'm hoping for the time we meet each other in the parking lot or whatever. Maybe Ah. it's spark a conversation because I know what it's like when I'm working out and I get hit on. And she's like, I don't like it, so I wouldn't do it to somebody else either. So, I mean, you, again, you never know when you're going to meet the person yeah. that's right for you. As, I'm just going to very quickly speak for the guy. He wouldn't care. Uh, of course <laughs> not. If, if, if he's like kind of 100%. thinking the same thing yeah. too, and she and it's like, and he's in the middle of doing his set of bench press, and she goes, "Hey, my name's whatever." Not right now. But yeah, you know what? he'd be like, "Yeah, hold on, let me set this down. Let's start but, but talking. He'd be she, fine." She does say that the most common Here's my protein. <laughs> yeah, the most common way she gets approached is like, "Hey, are you done with those weights? Do you mind if I take those weights?" Yeah. Hoping it sparks a conversation, yeah. but it doesn't. She's like, "I'm not here for that." But if you're willing to use the weights sure go ahead take them yeah uh but also if someone hits on you while you're working out too it might be like again i don't work out with the with intention of going and meeting somebody so i do not look great so if, but if are they you love opposed you, to it if you saw somebody uh, that you're attracted to and they threw depends, the line in the water would you be open to it depends on if i'm like literally in the middle of running on a treadmill yeah i'm not really want anyone to interrupt me okay but if i'm in between sets or something then that's fine depending on how they do it um, so <laughs> you guys all have long-term partners. You guys have been with the, pe- the people that you're with for a long time. And so Chad o- Ochocinco and Shannon Sharp had a debate on his podcast <laughs> about, heard <laughs> uh, I heard this. partners, uh, in the bathroom. So, uh, Chad Ochocinco is very much on the side of, if you, if the girl leaves the door open, she's a keeper. She's the one you want. And it's, it's uh, another phase in the relationship is a good, is having no barriers, and then uh, Shannon Sharp is like, hell no, we're <laughs> never doing that. I uh, always close the door. So you're okay with the partner going to the bathroom with the door open. Alan, factor cap? What's beyond cap? <laughs> Super is there, cap? I don't know if there's anything else. Yeah, let, let's let's close the door. <laughs> let's close the door. You know, let's uh, we all need privacy. Let you do your thing, and I'm going to definitely close the door, and I'm going to do my thing. The fact that he went that far into saying like, oh no, I just met the one because the door is open. I think there's other signs to see if that's <laughs> the one. Um, that's not for me. Let's close that door and let's uh, let's be condescending of what's, what's going on. Jeff? I've been married for 26 years. I've been with the same woman from the time I, I was haven't closed 16 the door doors. No. <laughs> the, door, the door is closed. There are other ways to be, you know, have intimacy and i'm not talking physical intimacy like comfort levels with people yeah. that do not involve using the bathroom with the door open it's let's close the door there's a line for everybody <laughs> yes Jorge? let's close the door yeah no you gotta keep the door, hey, close the door. <laughs> yeah. come on guys 
Yeah. That door shut. Yeah, close it. Locked it... is fine, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, I, there's kids running around get the, the house. Light on, get the vent on, get <laughs> yeah, anything yeah, else. Yeah, there's stuff That's... you don't want to know. Exactly. About your keep, it, keep it closed. <laughs> uh, you need me to leave for 30 minutes. I'll go run some errands. I'll come back. Oh, man. All right. So, another thing that I found kind of going. A girl was talking about her experience. I think it was on TikTok. So, she was talking about her experience about how she had gone on a date with a guy. And it didn't go very well. So it was, it was, she just got really bad vibes from him. It wasn't great. So she, her male friends, so it's like me if I went to Jorge, okay. uh, and the male friends gave her advice. They told her to ask for a reference from a female before seeing a person in person. So uh, Jorge's like, oh, Emily, you should do this. And then I would ask my, the guy I'm going on a date with, I'd say, hey, um, Joe, would you mind sending me a reference from a girl in your life? To vouch for you, all right. So uh, this okay, is okay. Ex- I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is acceptable. Renting Factor out count. an apartment, Jorge. Uh no, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Because why would I? If, if I don't trust you with whatever answer you're gonna give me, why would I accept somebody else's answer it. about you? Exactly. Like I, I cap. So just so I kind of understand this, we're talking like two-step authentication when you have to sign into a website, <laughs> yes, right? Essentially, this is, just this like is, that. This is, this hey, is, yes. is this you? <laughs> Way of putting that. Yes. Right? That's yes. what we're talking Six, about? Seven, seven, <laughs> Did five, you just try zero, to sign six. in in Los Angeles, yeah, California? It, it, exactly. Would you like right. an email or a text? Yeah. Th- th- this is the equivalent of what we're getting at. Um, no. I, I, I Look, you want to make sure that you're safe. You want to make sure that the person that you're going to go out with is not a lunatic. But at some point, you got to throw the dice, right? At some point, you can't try to two-step authenticate yeah. every date you go on for the rest of your life. I'm going to go cap. Al? I go cap, too. And I'll take it a step further. If you're going to go in, by the way, it sounds like you're either interviewing for a job <laughs> or you're <laughs> applying to try to rent out an apartment. Exactly. Okay? Yeah, right. And they want to know where you've lived in the past and who it was. Do you ever go apply for a job and the references that you're going to give are bad references? Like, of even if not. you're getting a yeah. reference, you're not going- it's the glowing reference. You're not going to get Dude, the reference of, hey- brother's phone number. That girl that absolutely hated me is the one that I'm going to give a reference to. So not yeah. only is it weird, period, but it's also the references are only going to give good ones. The best way to do this, and all the girls know, if you're listening, the girls, it's we can find out what we need to find out. We can, we can Through go- Through socials? Is that yes, what you're looking for? Socials. People do scared me the, the way background research. So like, I, what's if funny? If there are huge red flags, it <laughs> oh, should be super hard to find. Al, we're gonna know. My my friend Christine, she can literally find somebody from just like a name. You're like, oh, it's Alex, and she's like, oh, Alex. Okay, just so where's he from? A first name. She so was like, Alex in uh, you know, like in detective. Koreatown, and she can get to who I'm talking about. Really? She's very adept. Does she work for the CIA? She is a recruiter. <laughs> she works as a recruiter uh, okay. uh, for a company, so maybe that's how she does it. Hey, but, my buddy Tony just yeah. texted about uh, the restroom being door, uh, the restroom door being open. If you walk in and it smells like a keeper, then keep her. Oh, like, come on, no. take it easy. Come on, Ayo. Tony. We're trying to run a, a quasi-family show here. <laughs> What's the matter with your friends? I need two-step authentication on Tony. Exactly, Tony. Tony, it, Tony, we're going to need a second source before we read any more thoughts on any of these like, romantic things that I brought up in Factor Cap, please call in or uh, tweet at us, 877-710-3776. More Dodger conversation about the press conference yesterday or lack of press conference yesterday. Plus, Caleb Williams has an interesting idea on what he wants from his future NFL employer. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. I haven't seen Chris in a few minutes, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe he has uh, 
get kind of broken the seal, so to speak, on the rice and the beans. But I've noticed that none of you guys have been rushing over there to get. He was busy. going. Jorge was going, but he's like, I don't think I have enough time during. Yeah, because I got to take out both trays, get yeah. a plate, okay. yeah, 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 microwave just, it. You don't know. want to spill it all over the kitchen. <laughs> well, there's plenty of spilled already. <laughs> little little mishap this morning on my way in here. Quick uh, tweet before we talk about Caleb Williams here for a second. This is from um, Awning, and he says, Trav, at this point. I would compare Dave Roberts' tenure to when Mark Jackson was coaching the Warriors. One change could put us over the top, but Dave won't remove himself, so my frustration is with Freeman. Yeah, yeah, don't be mad at Dave. I'm not mad don't be at, upset him, at Dave. but I, I'm just trying to find solutions to the problem. Yeah. It's just, it's, okay, This we've got the right mix of guys, but we're not getting the right results, so the boss doesn't fire himself, so what are we going to do? No, I, and when I say don't be mad at Dave... I'm not. I, I said this a while back. I was not. I, I remember before the playoffs started, the, the point that I was making is, hey, don't tell me they lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks and everything just stays the same. Yeah. Of course, you got to change the manager. I'm not saying don't change the manager. What I'm saying is, Friedman clearly has no interest in trade in in changing Dave Roberts. So. Why would a Dodger fan be upset at Dave Roberts? Your your frustration should be at Andrew Friedman. Yeah, I don't. That's th- where it should be. I think the frustration is global. I think the frustration is is everybody across gets the organization. Yeah. You're frustrated at Mookie for sure. not getting a hit in the series. Yep. You're frustrated at Freddie Freeman for having one hit. Yeah. You're frustrated Peralta at dancing at second. Right. Kurt, Kershaw and Miller both pitching as poorly as they did. Yeah. There's plenty of places to be frustrated but i've moved beyond the hey why did you do that or not that like what are we going to do next and the answer and nothing. is nothing nothing we're going to do nothing nothing and so it's widespread it's- and you could be sitting here a year from now and get the same results and they probably will do nothing again because they keep winning in the regular season and, and they maybe keep, that's the goal they keep telling themselves that well eventually this will hit. hit it'll hit yeah i'd like it to hit eventually all right so caleb williams this is according to pro football talk okay um that Caleb Williams wants partial ownership from the NFL team that will select him in the upcoming 2024 draft. Uh, PFT reported in July that Caleb's representatives had been making it known that Williams wants partial ownership of the team that selects him in 2024 if he declares for the draft. Additionally, that the Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who also attempted to secure equity during his contract negotiations uh, with the Jets, but the NFL stepped in and said that that is not allowed. Mm-hmm. Here, here Allowed, not allowed, whatever. Rules change, and, okay. and maybe there's a way to backdoor it, and you can make it legal. I, I want to put that aside for a second. I don't have a huge problem with a player with Aaron Rodgers' resume at the end of the career saying, look, you want me? Here's what I want in exchange. Okay, and then the Jets can decide yes or no whether or not what sort of player he is is worthy of that kind of compensation. I'm a Caleb Williams fan. I think he's a terrific talent. I think he's going to be a really good pro. I think that he he's a, a, a very, very likely number one overall pick that's going to hit. Yeah. But I don't know. And neither does anybody else. And yeah. neither does he. Mm-hmm. And and that ask out of the shoot, if in fact he asks, I, I am putting a giant asterisk on this because I think this will get cleaned up at some point. Okay. But if, if that's actually what was requested, that's insane. That is an insane ask for somebody that's played zero snaps in the pros. Can I ask you a question? And I know this is—I know it bothered you since the morning. It did. I'm not really sure. I guess why it's so shocking that we're getting to a point where something just happened in college football over these last couple of years, sure. where these guys are able to make real money, 
And the number that was out there, which was a couple million dollars going to cable, nobody believes that. No. it's guy's making eight, ten, whatever he's making. I think that's much he's more realistic. He's making really, really good money. I'm not telling you that he deserves it. I'm not telling you that another owner was going to open up that door to imagine, <laughs> imagine if there was an idiotic owner that said, okay, you know what? Um, let's give him 1% of this franchise. Imagine what every other owner in the NBA or in the NFL would be saying to themselves, every other owner in sports saying, what the hell are you doing? That, it's not going to happen. But I'm also not shocked that if that question is there, I'm not completely shocked by it. I remember John saying this when Wembenyama was about to, we didn't know what the pick was. So we didn't know um, if Portland was going to have it. San Antonio, we, we had no idea what it was going to be. Somebody had told him that wherever Wembenyama goes was going to increase the value of that franchise by $500 million. Right. I know that when LeBron was coming into the NBA, and maybe these are not the best examples because I'm talking about the NBA, um, but I know when LeBron was going to come into the NBA, it was like, okay, this guy's going to be fall this, and he hadn't even played one game yet. It doesn't bother me as much, much, even though I think it is idiotic and it would never happen, but I felt like it bothered you. It did. It does. Is it almost like when you get a job in corporate America and they give you stock or shares in the company that hires you? You haven't worked for them yet, but you're getting a share of the company. Is it going to be something that's it's more It's almost normalized? like Jordan with Nike getting the stock. Remember, they get yeah. the stock options and then Nike hit. Well, I, it's it's not the best comp. That's yeah, not the best <laughs> example. But um, it's much more likely that happens in that business side than it would actually would with a franchise. The NFL is about the teams. It's not about the players. There are star players for mm-hmm. sure. Patrick Mahomes is a star. You know, there, there are there are star players in the league. Mike Parsons is a star. Yeah. They, they exist. But it's a league of teams. People follow the teams. The, the NBA is about the guys. Sure. It's about Steph. It's about LeBron. It's about Luka. It's about Giannis. Those guys bring value to that. Caleb Williams' presence does not instantly make a team – 500 million more value i agree it's not how it works it will make them more interesting you're going to sell seats you're going to what was everybody saying before the season started we even said this about the rams there was a little conversation like hey if you got sure you're one and four one and five to start the season start taking for caleb the reason it bothers me and again i want to be super clear if this was actually ever asked and i'm highly skeptical that it was I, i really truly am it speaks to i want it without having to do the work yet that scares me that, that, as somebody that's to Emily's point about hiring a guy, well, I just graduated from college. I would like to seat on the board of directors. Get the out of here. No, dude, I don't know what you are. I think you're smart. You got good grades in school. Looks like you got some good ideas, but I don't know. I don't know what the, how you roll. You you want what? Get get out of here. That that it speaks to a certain level of confidence, which I like. Mm-hmm. It speaks almost to a certain level of delusion, which I don't dislike, but also this give it to me before I have to show you. I'm okay with the money. I'm okay with the opportunities and all this. But before Tom Brady didn't get a piece of the Patriots, Tom Brady didn't get a piece of the Bucks when he moved on, that this is not how this business works and that you don't quite get that. It but tells can, me can a little I, about you. Can I tell you something? The way businesses were ran, sports were run 40 years ago, is also not the same. And I'm this is not this part is. But this this is not the best example, but I'm sure there were a lot of times where there was something ridiculous brought up and then eventually it became this isn't the best one, but uh, 
who owns Clutch Sports? I have no idea. So technically, it's it's uh, it's Rich Paul, right? Whose best friend is LeBron James? Don't tell me that there isn't uh, influence you can call it. Or sure. I remember when the Lakers signed KCP and it was a it was a clutch. And remember KCP was sure. well before it was before LeBron. Everybody's like, this is our this is our path to get LeBron. Things are done differently than they were 40 years ago. And I might I know there might be times where it might sound idiotic, but who knows in 40 years that there is an owner that eventually said, you know what, we're going to give this guy a 1% stake. I don't have that answer. I yeah, do. Because Travis said it, the NFL is not about players. It's not so about why would the owners give, like, they oh, sure. turn it over so fast that right. it's the team, right? Patrick Mahomes is— NFL is the toughest one for that, 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 that And he's yeah. a football guy. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that we might not get there at some point with some other things, but I'm not giving you ownership. Would Otani get a in. share of ownership if— it's not Maybe it's not the best example there, but if Otani told the New York Mets and told Cohen— Hey, I I will come to the New York Mets. I need a X that's percentage, the, but that's a different animal because he brings something to the table that very few people do. He brings an entire nation with him, and their money, and their enthusiasm for what it is that he does. Caleb Williams is a great football player, but yep. he doesn't change the economics of the Rams or wherever he goes drastically. A little bit, yeah. But what if he's not very good? What if he's a little undersized? What if he's not quite as accurate? What if no. he's not quite fast? Or what if he hits and they what? go to multiple Super Bowls and their stock Great. rises? Great. Then I'll pay you a lot of money. You can't have. You don't get my house. No owner's going to do it. <laughs> yeah. No I, owner's yeah. going to do it. No. That, that, that's not the question. The question is not for me whether it would actually happen. I think the fact that you took it. You were upset that the question was asked. It speaks to what's going on inside your brain. I think you're you're a little you don't quite understand how this works, and you want something for maybe not nothing, but for very very little at this. Again, I don't think this actually went down. I think this is a let's 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 just go see what the reaction to this is. Get, kind of run with this. This does not feel like Caleb was going. I want one percent of here. Yeah, I don't feel like that's going to happen <laughs> because it's not going to happen. Yeah, so like. You and I negotiating a deal, say this is cool, but I need a seat next to Bob Iger when it comes time to the next Disney board meeting. You know, yeah, you you work in local radio, bro. What if we got the cut of this vending machine? <laughs> Get a ten percent stake in every M and M sold. All right, back to the Dodgers and what they got going on, or more specifically, what they do not have going on. And I got one for you that's going to make you ro- your eyes roll so hard that uh, they might pop out of your head. That's next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN.